Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 14, The Day of the Lord, Part 3. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, we have finally fixed our audio issues. It turned out they were a lot more difficult to solve than we first figured it to be. However, diligent persistence allowed us to succeed in our efforts. Enjoy our podcast as well as our increased quality. Thank you all for your patience. Additionally, it has been a very difficult and expensive year for us. A failed air conditioning unit required complete replacement. A complete replumbing of our water and heating systems, complete with new heating furnace. This has put many of our website upkeep projects on hold so we can produce our podcast audio each week while getting the necessary things done that needed to be done. We are now planning to update our website, which has fallen regrettably behind our present situation. Again, please bear with us as we now focus on this update. Thank you all for your patience. God bless you all. Last week, we posted our episode titled, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 13, The Day of the Lord, Part 2, on August 28th. From Barnes' New Testament Notes, we examined this commentary passage. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, when the Lord Jesus shall come, the world will not all be converted, and the impotent and wicked world will be sunk in carnal security when he comes. They will regard themselves as safe. They will see no danger. Sound like the end times before the flood? It should, because it is very much the same way that people thought and acted in those days giving them the sense that even in those days just before the flood, everything was fine. Very much the way it is for many today. I hear many people who say, and fully believe, that things today will get better. Life will eventually return to how it was. Our present issues are just a really bad place in time. Things will get better and we will all move on into a much better future. Just because we can hope for that outcome does not mean it will actually be realized. Right now, one can only hope. Barnes' New Testament notes also told us that a thief comes without giving any warning or any indications of his approach. He not only gives none, but he is careful that none shall be given. It is a point with him that, if possible, the man whose house he is about to rob shall have no means 
of ascertaining his approach until he comes suddenly upon him. This analogy is describing the sudden and unexpected return of Jesus Christ for his own. We noted in an earlier episode in the book of Revelation that even in chapter 1, there is plenty of reason to believe God's children are already in heaven. A joyful thing to look forward to. We also have solidly proven that there is this unexpected return of Christ as well as his obvious return seen by the whole world when the great tribulation period comes to an end. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 13, The Day of the Lord, Part 2. As we continue to examine the day of the Lord in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11 further, we see this passage is rich with a wealth of knowledge for us to glean. This week, we want to continue with our 1 Thessalonians passage. We read, For you know quite well that the day of the Lord will come in the same way as a thief in the night. Now when they are saying, quote, There is peace and safety, end quote, then sudden destruction comes on them, like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will surely not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in the darkness for the day to overtake you like a thief would. For you all are sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. From 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. First, here is an in-Bible description of the thief analogy. Notice verse 2. It reads, For you know quite well that the day of the Lord will come in the same way as a thief in the night. It is really easy to see further that the coming of Christ as a thief is truly an analogy. Notice clearly this portion of verse 2. It says, The day of the Lord will come in the same way as a thief in the night. That is a very strong clue that the story of the thief in the night is, without doubt, an analogy for the hidden return of Christ before the great tribulation period starts. It is not that Christ is sneaking around in the heavens and taking his believers home, as a thief also uses stealth to hide himself. While this inference can be gleaned from this analogy, it is incorrect because it is an analogy for describing something of truth. We know that God, the Father, is the only one who knows the time that he will release Jesus to come back and take home his bride. In other words, his people. All that to say that Jesus returned for his people here today will not be seen by the world. Further, the world will plainly see his second coming at the end of the Great Tribulation period. Thus far, we also examined verse 3. We learned that, For when they shall say, 
peace and safety, or peace and security, as some Bibles read, that is when the wicked shall say this, for the apostle here refers only to those on whom, quote, sudden destruction, end quote, will come. This is the commonality between the days just before the flood and the days now just before the hidden return of Christ for his people today. While there was a focus on this portion of verse 3, the full verse reads, Now when they are saying, quote, There is peace and security, end quote, then sudden destruction comes on them, like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will surely not escape. Again, we see an analogy. Notice what the last part of verse 3 says. Sudden destruction comes on them like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will surely not escape. So, what is the other mention in the book of Matthew of labor pains telling us? All these things are the beginning of birth pains. From Matthew 24, verse 8. Quote, all those things, end quote, being referenced are all those things spoken of in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4 through 7. Quickly, quote, all these things, end quote, are as follows. 1. Do not be misled. 2. Many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. This is one of the ways they will work to mislead many. 3. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. We are encouraged to not be alarmed by this. Jesus also tells us, for this must happen, but the end is still to come. 4. For nation will rise up in arms against nation and kingdom against kingdom. 5. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Then, notice what Jesus says about all of this in verse 8. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Then we see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3. Now when they are saying, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction comes on them like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will surely not escape. While labor pains do not kill a pregnant woman, they can be very severe. They can cause a pregnant woman to have to bear incredible pain while giving birth. This pain is the analogy being made here in our Bibles. We can simply ask Jesus to forgive us and to come into our lives. That very simple act will save us regardless of how this all works out. Quoting, But you, brothers and sisters, are not in the darkness for the day to overtake you like a thief would, for you all are sons of the light and sons of the day. 
We are not of the night nor of the darkness. From 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 4 through 5. Noting further, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, that day should not overtake you as a thief. The allusion here is to the manner in which a thief or robber accomplishes his purpose. He comes in the night when men are asleep. So, says the apostle, the Lord will come to the wicked. They are like those who are asleep when the thief comes upon them. But it is not so with Christians. They are, in relation to the coming of the day of the Lord, as men are who are awake when the robber comes. They could see his approach and could prepare for it so that it would not take them by surprise. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Here we have a clear definition of asleep and awake. On this subject, remember, being asleep is being inattentive to anything requiring our personal attention despite being in our waking hours of the day. Even in everyday life, we need to be attentive to things, awake, whose outcome is uncertain. That uncertainty is the reason we need to be awake or alert to the outcome. In many cases, all we know is that there will be an outcome. What that outcome will be can only be determined by it becoming reality. We do this in everyday life all the time, especially in the workplace. So it is not a reach for us to understand what our Bibles are talking about. We are encouraged to live in the light, meaning becoming saved in Christ instead of living in sin or darkness and night. If you are saved in Christ, you now live in the light. Let nobody deceive you with empty words, for because of these things God's wrath comes on the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were at one time darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For the things they do in secret are shameful even to mention, but all things being exposed by the light are made evident. For everything made evident is light, and for this reason it says, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. From Ephesians chapter 5, verses 6 through 14. Our cross-reference is verse 8. Verse 8 reminds us that at one time we were in darkness of sin. However, now, saved, we are in the light of the Lord. Yet, it should be noted, the whole passage I just quoted for the sake of continuity further explains what we are studying with regard to darkness and light. Another analogy 
written on the fly. Continuing, Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have already heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light but still hates his fellow Christian is still in the darkness. The one who loves his fellow Christian resides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his fellow Christian is in the darkness, walks in the darkness, and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. From 1 John chapter 2, verses 7-11. through 11. Our cross-reference is also verse 8. We should note further, because the darkness is past and the true light now shines, the ancient systems of error under which men hated each other have passed away, and you are brought into the light of the true religion. Once you were in darkness, like others, now the light of the pure gospel shines around you, and that requires, as its distinguishing characteristic, love. Religion is often represented as light, and Christ spoke of himself and was spoken of as the light of the world. From Barnes' New Testament Notes We should be further motivated to godly conduct. Our cross-reference reads, And do this because we know the time, that it is already the hour for us to awake from sleep, for our salvation is now nearer than when we became believers. The night has advanced toward dawn. The day is near. So then, we must lay aside the works of darkness and put on the weapons of light. Let us live decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in discord and jealousy. Instead, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to arouse its desires. From Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14, our cross-reference is verse 12. The word night in the New Testament is used to denote night literally, the starry heavens, and then it denotes a state of ignorance and crime and is synonymous with the word darkness, as such deeds are committed commonly in the night. In this place, it seems to denote our present imperfect and obscure condition in this world as contrasted with the pure light of heaven. The night, the time of comparative security and sin in which we live even under the gospel, is far gone in relation to us, and the pure splendor of heaven is at hand. From Barnes' New Testament Notes So, what does all this tell us? From the beginning, we first read, 
For you were at one time darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. This fully explains our life here in this world as believers in Christ, as Christ's own children, his people. He has saved us from our dark or sinful life. As a result, we now live in the light or the truth. The fruit of this new way of living is goodness, righteousness, and truth. As a result in living this way, we truly try to learn what is pleasing to our Lord. Our next verse in 1 John chapter 2, verse 8 read, On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Notice how this verse ends. The darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Poetically, this portion of this verse is saying the darkness of sin is passing away. The true light, or those who fully know Christ from their conversion, are already shining, seen by all. Remember what Barnes told us. Once you were in darkness, like others, now the light of the pure gospel shines around you, and that requires, as its distinguishing characteristic, love. In other words, that love is the source of the light of the pure gospel that shines around us, because it is brought to us through Jesus Christ. Further, we read, The night has advanced toward dawn. The day is near. So then we must lay aside the works of darkness and put on the weapons of light. What are these weapons of light? The weapons of light are found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. So, to be clear, our, quote, weapons of light, end quote, are not harmful and destructive to people like fighting in wars. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 17, are all the components of, quote, weapons of light, end quote. Notice what verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I hope it is painfully obvious that the weapons of light are non-destructive, unlike guns and swords designed for worldly warfare and or conflict. The helmet of salvation is a protection for our minds. That helmet, that mental protection, keeps us from losing those things we need to hold onto in our minds. Last, but by no means least, 
we should note this meaning of the word night. While it means the night we all are familiar with before we go to sleep, it also means, in the New Testament, it denotes a state of ignorance and crime and is synonymous with the word darkness, as such deeds are committed commonly in the night. That brings us full circle on this subject. Hopefully, with an increased understanding of what is being said in our Bibles. So then, we must not sleep as the rest, but must stay alert and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we are of the day, we must stay sober by putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, our hope of salvation. Do these things sound like weapons of war and conflict? That is not the similitude being made here in the last part of verse 8. As a helmet, our hope for salvation. So, we are not at war with the world around us. This so-called armor of God is a spiritual armor and not a physical armor one uses to go to worldly war. It is a spiritual armor for our protection in this world, to protect us from the things that might cause us to fall from our faith in Christ back into the way of life that governed our sinful nature we are now saved from and out of. Next week. We will finish our examination of this subject titled, The Day of the Lord. We will continue to see several things in our biblical passage that we have already seen in previous episodes of this study. Our passage in 1 Thessalonians will continue to bring several things to greater understanding and purpose. Join us next week for our episode titled, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 15, The Day of the Lord, Part 4. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes, without a citation, are from the New English Translation Free Version. Also, Please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you may want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, 
How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sunday's U.S. East Coast time zone. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Many sooner than others. Our website is located at this internet address, unchurched.site123.me. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.